Hey everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Unranked Podcast. This is our PAX Un East PAX East Loaded. Our PAX, PAX Unloaded. <laughs> I thought you were going to say PAX, PAX Unplugged, <laughs> which is the board game. No, I was trying to PAX. think of like an unranked. Yeah. Oh, uh, sure, sure. You know, PAX Unranked, PAX PAX mm. Unplugged, uh, PAX Unloaded, PAX East 2020 Unloaded. Really should think of these things before we start recording. But then again, this wouldn't be the Unranked Podcast. Right. I am exactly. Christian Humes, and we have Tom Castle here who Hi, was able to go to PAX East, and yes. you have a lot of games. You covered a ton of stuff oh, on boy. our social feed, um, and you put out some videos. Yes. Um, so you're going to talk in more depth about like a good handful of the biggest, best things on the main show, but this is mm-hmm. like, we wanted to make sure you gave some time to everything that you saw and wanted yep. to talk about. Yeah. So Tom, I'm just going to answer questions. Uh, I'm just going to ask you questions. You, you start. You take sure. Over. So the first uh, thing that I did um, was go get breakfast with the uh, guys at Alien Hominid and played oh, uh, awesome. Alien Hominid HD. That was the first thing I did. The Behemoth, that's the name of yeah. the developer. It's, this one's called like Invasion or something, right? Because it's sort of like a reimagining. Yeah. Right? I, I'm, the sign I kept reading said Alien Hominid. Yeah, I think it's like Alien Hominid Invasion HD is like the yeah. full title of it. Um, I didn't know what Alien Hominid was. I know it's a very popular mm. game, and obviously Castle Crashers is very popular. Um, but uh, yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I was I wasn't there for very long, and I didn't have any time to like chat with the developers because it was just like a part of their whole breakfast thing. Um, but I think if you the game looked great, and it was like in an arcade cabinet as well, so it was oh, that's like awesome. all arcade controls. Yeah, and um, yeah, I played like maybe two or three minutes. That was probably my least played demo because I had to. I got into the breakfast really late, and I had to like run to my first appointment, grab a bagel, play some did. Alien Hominid. Because uh, getting to the convention for my Airbnb uh, the first day was a fucking nightmare. But um, yeah, so that was uh, the first game. Um, and then after that, uh, the next thing I played was well. Uh, question for you, sure. just about it, because I'm curious. Yeah, we didn't really get to see much from the announcement. What I know, so you didn't play the original, so it's hard for you to speak to what's different. Yeah. What um what was it like? What what can you describe the game as? Just a little bit, so, just so I can. I'm curious to see if I hear anything that's different. Um. So it was basically like a side-scrolling uh game where uh uh like a. A, shoot, a side-scrolling shooter, yeah, like a, a running gun. Shooter usually, yeah. Um, and uh, the the game was set in like a town, and yeah. we were like running along rooftops. This at least this level, uh, we were running along rooftops, like shooting at enemies and stuff like that. Um, that that was pretty. That was pretty much all I got in from the uh, from the demo. Did they? Was it multiplayer when you did it? Because I think that was like the big thing that's different about this. I that think it's multiplayer. Yeah, I th- obviously I was stationed at just like one, yeah, um, uh, cabinet, and there were people sure. playing on other cabinets. But I didn't like check and see if we were all in the same game. Got um, it. Okay. Yeah, but I, I that is a part of the uh, of the of the new HD remaster. I'm pretty sure. Excuse me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, it's like I looked it up ahead of time. The only other thing I saw that's different about this, but again, this is probably because you didn't play the original. I think they, they're using procedural generation for the levels now. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. yeah, I didn't get any kind of impressions like that from. Yeah, the and it sounds like it was time. very hands off, so it wasn't like they walked you through all the changes. Right, exactly. Like yeah. there wasn't anyone like stationed there. Usually during these meetings, they have the uh, ability to, um, you know, walk through things. There's someone there sure. dedicated for you, but obviously this was not a part of the uh, a part of the a part of the uh, the breakfast. <laughs> the process. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, so the next game I played was a game called Ghost Runner. It is by Runner, okay. uh, All In Games. And this was a, a lot of fun. It was a game I was very much looking forward to. It is, I would say, like a double A title. So not quite indie, but not quite triple A. And it's a Mirror's Edge cyberpunk world where you're doing parkour and you have like a samurai blade, like uh, Genji and Overwatch. And you are, do, you know, running along buildings and using a grappling hook to move through levels. And there are enemies stationed on platforms and different areas. And the whole uh, conceit of the game is that it's one hit, one kill. And that's not only to you, but also to the enemy. Wow. So, um, as you jump and move so it's around, it's like a true katana because, like, you take someone, you slice someone with a katana, they're done. No yeah, what. and the whole and the graphics. We have a video on on our YouTube. Um, the graphics for like slicing are very well done. Ooh. Depending on depending on where you hit them is is where you cut them. Yeah. Um, the and uh, the great thing about the game is is you do die repeatedly, but the moment you hit the moment you die, it's like immediately is like restart and you hit yes and you're immediately kind of back in it yeah. um so uh yeah and uh there's a really great uh like shifting mechanic so you can hold down it was i was playing on a xbox controller uh-huh. and there's a great mechanic where if you are in midair you can hold left bumper to slow down time and you mm-hmm. can you have like a five second window to kind of hold left or right to shift so you'll see like the bullet in slow-mo like whizzing past you as uh as you do it and then um wherever your marker is once the slow-mo dodge ends your character like teleports to that spot so mm-hmm. like you'll get to a level and there'll be like three platforms and walls to run on and after you kind of try and fail a couple of times that that final time where you do complete it you are just like zipping through the level slicing people up um and it's a beautiful game the graphics are incredibly uh detailed um and it has this beautiful it was raining in the level so the water effects and the reflections with the neon lighting the game just looks great uh and i asked them about the length of the game because i was you know, looking at it, I'm like, oh, this looks like a crazy, you know, triple A game. But they yeah. said it's about five hours is about oh, the nice. runtime. Obviously, awesome. obviously, depending on how quickly you pick it up is going to depend on how quickly you move through it. But this is very ki- much kind of like um, Portal or like an original, mir- uh, the original Mirror's Edge, where it's like a five to six hour campaign. We need more of these like mid-tier length games. I completely agree because I'm gonna just pick it up and then play it in a day and be like that was awesome, and never have to like worry that I'm not gonna miss it because it's only totally I was long, and it kind of makes it more replayable if you want to jump back in because it's like you know how big it is the game, right? And like you know speed running and all of that, I can see that playing like a huge 
factor into the replayability. Because there yeah. was, um, toward the end, there was an area where I, f- I cleared out the guys, but I had done it pretty slowly and carefully because I was, like, really frustrated. I was like, I just don't want to die again. And after I cleared it out, I was like, fuck, I want to replay it because I want to see if I can beat my time um, in that specific area. So, uh, yeah, Ghost Runner, awesome title. Uh, great one to check out. Uh, the next game I played was a game called Drone Swarm. And this was a game that is somewhat like an R- RTS where you are playing as a base ship and you have a swarm of drones, thousands of drones just circling around you like a ring and enemy ships come to attack you and you have to uh, use the drones to either create offensive or defensive um, opportunities. So Mm. you'll go and like, uh, I think Q, if you pressed Q, that like told your drones to attack. And then you, this was on a mouse and keyboard. So you would draw a line with the mouse and that line would form a path. And then these drones would break off from the ring of the swarm around you. And they'd, they'd break off and like go through the path and like tear up enemy ships. And then if you press W, that was uh, a shield. So if you press W and then draw a line, those drones would form like a barrier. But there is a whole um, level of resource management because you only have a certain amount of drones. So you have to balance that out. And at first it was pretty easy. But as we were like moving through like the levels we were playing uh, towards the end, like that became really tough because then they had enemy ships coming in from behind and all of my drones were like focused on like the complete opposite side. So I had to like kind of recalculate and move things around. What, what was the name of this one? Uh, it's called, let me see, let's pull it up. It is uh, Drone Swarm. Drone Swarm. Drone yeah, swarm. Drone Swarm. Uh, and What's were, it going to be on? Currently just PC. Okay. Um. Yeah, no word on... Oh, I'm looking. I just wanted to see what it looked like. And it looks wow. great. It looks yeah, fantastic. Looks yeah. It's uh, definitely go... All these games, if we don't have gameplay videos, go look uh, some of these games up because, yeah, Drone Swarm looks fantastic. And, like, the way the drones move, the way that they attack or form a shield. And um, one of my favorite effects was when projectiles would hit the, the shield formed by the drones they'd kind of like the the wall would kind of bend and the projectiles would uh kind of like reverb reverberate back yeah. um incredible attention to detail and it was uh if you're a fan of these kind of RTS resource management games and have a PC it's one to one to check out yeah it looks like a very modern version of a very old like kind of PC game not even just RTS like right. it reminds me of like this old star trek game that i once had like just like the sort of top down grid it's kind of like space uh that's very cool and there were particle effects are amazing yeah the 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 particle effects are fantastic and there were abilities that were locked that i didn't get to use but there were like three or four other ways to use the the drones yeah that i didn't have uh accessible and they wouldn't tell me what <laughs> what those uh, options did either so i'm not quite want... sure about the rest of the game but 
yeah. I wonder if games like this will be more likely to start to come to like Xbox now that they're allowing devs to use PC keyboard. I definitely think they will. I, de- I definitely think that it's just a question of resources. I'm sure yeah. they'd love it to bring it to Xbox and, and the PlayStation. The things look so detailed, but like to look at them on a small computer screen, like even if you have a big monitor, it's like, I feel like that would look so cool on, you know, like a 55-inch TV. Yeah. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sh- I'm sure it will eventually come to uh, come to consoles, but at you some know, point, obviously yeah. they're focusing on the PC market. Right. I mean, that's easy, especially for indies. That's where you start. Right. Right. Um, okay. The next game I played was one that I really loved, and I'm thinking is gonna I'm gonna talk about it with you guys on the on the main show. But it was called Paper Beast. It was a part of a state of play for PlayStation, and it is an exclusive PlayStation VR title. So at first, I was simply um, impressed by the look and the uh, way that the game ran. Obviously, I've mm-hmm. been using my Oculus um, Quest a lot lately and haven't really touched my PSVR. So I was a little, he- not hesitant, but going in, I was not expecting to be super impressed by the visual fidelity. But the moment I put on the headset the the game did such a good job with the uh ambience and the uh, visuals that i was blown away i i really did feel like i was in this world and basically what the game is um is a uh creature that is made every creature in the world is kind of made of paper and they kind of look origami Yeah, I'm looking at it. It kind of makes reminds me of like if you took, um, gosh, Tearaway and mix it with like No Man's Sky. Yes, Tearaway is a is a really good example of the kind of paper effects, and yeah. then it is in you know this alien world, right? And, and it, it has this very pa- like uh, I don't know pastel palette mm-hmm. kind of colors. It looks like, and basically the the paper beast is the I guess the your partner animal and it's quite beautiful but also kind of terrifying to look at and there's this point in the beginning of the demo where it gets right up in your face and it kind of freaked me out a little and um the opening of the the campaign we were just kind of like moving through the desert and i could take my move controllers and interact with like the plant life and animals and they all had uh, physics so I could just kind of pick them up and fling them around. So when monsters would come to attack the paper beast, I would just like pull them off of him or there were like these tendrils that kept coming out of the sand and I would pull them, you know, remove them from him. And so I was I was very impressed by that. But then afterwards, they took me into the sandbox and it is like a literal sandbox where you're uh, imagine like a, a spore where you are kind of creating a world and um, you can do it either in first person view or like a god's eye view and the controls are awesome you just kind of like take the move controllers hold down a button on each of them and like pinch to zoom and then you just like shift into a god's eye perspective and then you can take any of the plants or any of the creatures that you stumble into during the main campaign and you can just kind of drop them in the world and you can change the topography you can create rivers you can carve mountains um and all the all the animals and um all the plants 
have a way that they interact. Some of them are predators, some of them are prey. Uh, some of them, uh, you know, um, have have children very rapidly. There's And there was, like, this tree. I had these, like, paper turtles that I'd built or, like, made appear in the world. And then I brought in this tree, and this guy was like, oh, no. The guy in the demo was like, oh, no, what have you done? And I was like, what? And he was like, that tree, <laughs> that tree picks up the turtles and then just clones them. So the tree would just kind of grow and like uh-huh. its branches would kind of like suck up a turtle and then like two seconds later it would like shoot the turtle back out but it had cloned it. So like within five minutes this place was overrun by- with these turtles. So oh, he no. was like, oh maybe you can like uh, introduce a predator to like keep there. <laughs> so then I like I like dropped this and now predator we have in Australia. Right, yes, exactly. Um so it was a a beautiful game and if you have a PlayStation VR, I absolutely implore you to check it out cuz it was one of my favorites of the weekend. Is um, it it's is it only in VR or you, I'm assuming you can play this without, right? Um I didn't ask that, but I I I don't think you can play it wow. without it. I think it okay. is a VR only experience. Um, okay. I, I'll I'll check in uh, and see and see and then, you know, any questions I can't answer, I'll see if I can get them answered and talk about them on the uh, on the main show. But yeah, I think that's um, I think that's uh, that's that's it. It's a, just a PSVR title. Yeah, I was I'm I'm looking at that right now, and it looks like that's the the deal. Exactly it. Crazy. Uh, wow. The next the next game I played was Spin Rhythm XD, and what this was the a heck. Is that? <laughs> Uh, imagine like uh, DJ Hero, but instead of having like a per- like a toy peripheral, it's an actual DJ. Um, is this what Harmonix was doing there? Or is this no, that's else? that's Fusa. Uh, okay. So this is separate from from them. This is a this is an indie game, but it is uh, uses any um, set that you would you know uh, peripheral that would you 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 would use to DJ. Yeah. And so you have the two spinning deck you have the two decks, right? Left and right. Yeah. And um basically just like Guitar Hero or DJ Hero even, <laughs> you have dots on a timeline that are moving towards sure. you as the song is happening. And you basically this... Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm looking at I'm looking at a picture of it and it's mm-hmm. still and I understand that I guess it's probably like a music bar, but it still kind of just looks like the neck of a guitar. <laughs> yeah, I mean it. It looks right. It looks very like a, much like Guitar Hero. Yeah, like, and I guess like you, they could say like, oh well, that's just a music bar. Like that's, but I don't know. I think they could address that part up a little bit differently. Yeah, maybe but, um, made it uh, a little bit more unique looking. Sure. Is it looks like there's a top and a bottom set of colors? Is that like the left and the right? So spinners? the so the the um. The deck or the disc, I don't know what you call yeah. the things, but the, the the rotating part, it's like broken up into equal uh, bytes. Mm. And the level, the difficulty we're playing on, it was like red, blue, red, blue, red, blue. And so you just had to match the colors to right. the uh, to whatever was approaching you. But what was really cool is you get to these points where... Um, that it it has like arrows and that's just like you got to spin it and so oh that's dope so then you spin and then when you land no matter where you where no matter where you stop that is going to be the color that you need awesome. so uh you can continue the flow yeah on to- it's just freestyle mode on top of that there is um 
I guess these decks have like touch feedback. So the dots that appear, there are small circular ones and then big kind of blocky rectangular ones. Yeah. When the rectangular ones appear, you have to tap. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the smaller ones, you just turn the deck to line it up. And then these ones you tap. And then we went on to a harder difficulty that included the left deck. And that is like a yellow bar that appears. And that's like the offbeat. And so that is like a tap on the left as well. And it was really fucking hard. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. And then further difficulties introduce more colors and other things like that. Um, But it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun to play. And they had a huge line. You know, any of these rhythm games are are, are a lot of fun. So Yeah, I'm um, I'm looking. It looks like very polygonal, like almost like Star Fox. Like it's like going through a world while you're playing. Uh, I wasn't necessarily uh, honestly paying attention to any of the kind of visuals yeah, around it, but, um, uh, I, I mean, it looked cool, but it did look kind of uninspired very much. Like it was just more guitar hero, uh, sensibilities yeah. when it came to the design. No, but I mean like the background, the background looks like, it looks like you're like flying around a planet or like some mm-hmm. weird alien world. It looks like big, like polygonal crystals. You're on like some sort of big spherical planet. At least, like, from what I'm looking at here, you're not just, like, in front of a crowd of people. No, you're not in front of a, a crowd, no. It's it's more of, um like, Tetris. Um, what was that VR Tetris game? The Tetris Effect. Tetris Effect. Yeah. yeah. It's more like a cerebral experience like that, visually. Um, cool. Uh, any other questions about Spin Rhythm? No. Okay. Please. What, what game would be next? So the next game I played was, like, a very, very indie title, but it was interesting i think it was um in very early it's just one guy who was making it it's called nico ghost jump um and it is a i think you'll like this chris because it is a platformer 2d platformer but it also is in 3d so you can shift you like tap a button and it shifts the perspective to 3d and it's about a cat who is trying to like get back to his cat friend and yeah, um, they look so like Animal Crossing almost. Characters. Yes, the the character wise, yes. Yeah, and uh, in the first level there were piranha plants. Oh, <laughs> I was like, sick. dude. Um, so the concept was really dope, and as you moved through levels, you kind of understood the need to yeah. why you would need to switch between two D and three D, because, yeah. for example, you would reach a part in the when you're looking at it side on in two D. And it would be like, you can't make this jump. I've wanted a game like this forever. They did some of this stuff in like Super Paper Mario. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's what they should do for the next side-scrolling Mario. It was a full game of like 2D, 3D swapping. That's super cool. The 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 concept is really dope. And the guy yeah. who I was talking to about it is like really passionate about the game, obviously. It should be. It looks great. Um, it just felt a little half-baked in execution. Oh, the other thing is as well is um, the cat has... Uh, the reason it's called Nico Ghost is because the cat, to attack enemies, has to go into his ghost form. And so his body, when you go into ghost form, his body just kind of drops where it is. Oh, God. And, and so you move forward and attack enemies, but then to continue on, you need to return back to your body. Now, so, do you like auto return to your body? Is your like, does it just get? Yeah, so you just body? press like the "I don't want to be a ghost anymore" button, yeah. and then it goes back to you. Just get huh. teleported back, but you are not 
you you don't continue from where you were as a ghost. Right. You continue from where you your uh, body left. was. Yeah, yeah. So you don't want to leave your body in a bad spot. Yeah. Huh. So very uh, cool. Yeah, this it, looks like a great game. I would totally play this. Yeah, I was I was very much interested in in it for that that case, but I think it's a long way out from being even closely yeah. remotely close to being done. The puzzle stuff reminds me a little bit of Fez, which I mm -hmm. loved. Yep, One yep. Of the best that was that played. was that was that came to mind when uh, when I was playing as well. I I, I thought that one would be a uh, be one you'd be uh, interested in. You were right. <laughs> Um, I played a game called The Red Lantern, which is, you might have seen it, it was the dog sledding game. No, I have not even heard of this one. Yeah, so it's, it's and it's starring Ashley Birch as the main protagonist, and mm -hmm. she's a musher, which is, you know, the name for yeah. those people. The, the dog race captains. And it- She's Harrison Ford. Yes, from the old wild, or called yeah, the wild. The wild. Yeah. Um, from, from the uh, the entertainment flop of the year, has that did that even come out? Oh, it's out. And oh it is no, done. it is. I think they're projecting like seventy million dollar losses or something on it. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's see if this game does <laughs> does any better. So the game looks fantastic, um, and the voice work from Ashley is obviously uh, very good, but I didn't think the gameplay was all that intriguing. I thought you would kind of move the uh, toboggan or whatever it is. Um, uh -huh. I thought you would move it kind of yourself, but it moves yeah. automatically and you just tell it, do you want to take the left turn or do you want to take yeah. the right turn? Which kind of makes sense. That's what I R thought you were going to say. Right. Um, yeah. I, and when they explained to me, I was like, well, duh, you're not controlling the dogs. Right. But it's... It's more of a straightforward kind of point and click adventure um, resource management because you have to like stop to camp and make sure that the dogs are fed and that you're fed. Um, and the game looks great. And one of my favorite effects is that the hood of her coat is in the peripherals. So when you turn your head, it kind of fills the uh, more of your vision. And like if you look up at the moon, like. You know, if you have a coat with a big fluffy hood on, like that shit takes up a lot of your vision. And so I just thought that effect they had implemented there and that visual was really cool. That yeah. being said, this build of the game was buggy as hell. Um, it crashed twice. The dogs sometimes, the sled would move, the toboggan would move, but the dogs were still like lying down like they were resting. So they were just like sliding along the snow. Um and the guy turned to me and he's like, now you understand why we're not letting anyone do any video capture on this. Um, and so obviously that clearly has a, a long way to go in development. Um, but I think it, it, it I think it's if you... It's a promising idea. Yeah. It, it looks nice. Yeah. It's got a, got some great, great visuals and, uh, and it's, and it's made by um, a pretty respected team, I think. So yeah. Um, and then after that, I played... Uh, Pocket Dungeons, the new Shovel Knight game. Oh, yeah. Okay, tell me about it. So that is a kind of match three, you know, or match the colors, um, kind of thing where you're moving across mm -hmm. a grid as things are falling from the top. But it's um, you're attacking the creatures that are, are moving in, and if you attack the creatures. You do one damage to them, but they also, like, return damage to you. And so I think the Shovel Knight had, like, five health. 
So I had to attack creatures, and if they were in a chain and I destroyed one of them, it would destroy all of them. But then there are, like, health potions that are also falling, so I had to, like, strategically move across the grid to um, get get those. Uh, there are treasure chests that give you boosts yeah. and other power-ups. I'm getting some real grindstone vibes here. Yeah, a little a little grindstone-y. It, it's, it moves very quickly because okay. it isn't about... The timing of things falling isn't based on your movement. If you stand yeah. still, more things are just going to fall. So you don't okay. have time to kind of stop and think about, like, what is my strategy here? Because if you get overwhelmed and there's just monsters everywhere, so like, you're going to die. It's more of an action game than a puzzle game, but, it's, but it is in that vein. Yeah. We it's have... Like a, it's, yeah. Yeah, okay. we, we do have gameplay of it on, on our YouTube. Uh, I played a couple of rounds of it, and... Um, and I, I really liked it, and I did get those grindstone vibes. But when I realized that I didn't, yeah, I didn't have a lot of time to make many decisions, um, and, yeah. and would get overwhelmed quickly. I was like, oh, here's here's the kind of crux of, of the game. Here's what sets it apart from something like grindstone. Um, and obviously, it's made by the guys that made Shovel Knight, so uh, you know they make good games. <laughs> um, and then the last game I played on Thursday was Fusa, which is the harmonics game that you were mentioning earlier. And that is a expansion of a game I've talked about in the podcast called Drop Mix. Basically, Drop Mix was this uh, game where you had a long rectangular deck and you had cards that had NFC chips and each card was a different instrument from a different song. So the bass line from um, Uptown Funk the drums from, yeah. uh, you know, down with the sickness, and you could mix and match the cards. Did they keep putting out more stuff from this? Because it always sounded really cool, but it seemed like it kind of came out and then... It has, a, it has a very hardcore audience, I think, and they yeah. are putting out more stuff. I think recently they even uh, released more cards. I have quite a few of the cards. and Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, they've been supporting it. Despite the fact okay, that I good. think that it, I know didn't... you've been a big proponent of it. So yeah, no, I, I was always very worried <laughs> that they weren't going to keep supporting it, but it seems like they are dedicated to that. And I think that maybe Fusa will kind of draw more people into it. You know, we'll, we'll see. But it, it basically does the the same mechanics. You're mixing songs, um, and in the gameplay we did, there was four different uh, songs instead of five, which is in Drop Mix, or you know, different options. And at first I was like, oh, this is cool. But then as we were playing the game, I realized like there was so much more to it because you're not only just mixing songs, but there are like challenges that you uh, complete as the game progresses. So it's like use this specific baseline. See if you can make a mix with all drums. Um, and then the crowd also has kind of requests. So those, mm -hmm. are, those are timed. So it'll pop up and it'll be like, yo, I want to hear the lyrics of bad guy by Billie Eilish. And you have like five seconds to figure out like how to play it in the track. Um, and the, one of the things I really loved about it that has escaped me from drop mix is mixing on the beat. So in drop mix, when you play a card, it takes a few seconds for the NFC chip to register and for it to play. Whereas this, the whole point of the game is like changing the mix on the beat. And the more uh, perfectly timed you hit that, like the boost in points you get, 
So that combined with the challenges, combined with the fan requests, kind of builds up your score at the end. Um, and the game, the game is very much, uh, you you know, kind of in that vein of rock band, where you are performing in front of a, an audience, and but you you're obviously like a DJ. And uh, yeah, I had a ton of fun with it. I, I'm you know, I'm a sucker for music and rhythm games. Um, do you have any questions about about Fusa? No, it sounds awesome. I, that's that's a game that I've got to like. Looking at it doesn't even help. Like you've got to just play that. Same yeah. thing with Drop Mix. Like Drop Mix sounds cool, but I wouldn't know until I got to play it. Yep, I completely agree. And they had the craziest booth at the convention. Uh, it was they had this giant head, like angel head that like almost reached the ceiling. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and it was really funny because I I had a meeting with uh, uh, this game called Dry- Dangerous Driving. Yeah, dangerous driving guys. Yeah, right? aren't they doing the next? Uh, yeah, so I uh, I played the next dangerous. I played dangerous driving two at okay PAX. Yeah, and they had a their setup was all um, cardboard, uh, like bits of cardboard, and then like an uh-huh. artist who had like a very kind of uh, calm manga style, like had drawn art, and that was their entire booth. And I talked more about like the sustainability of the gaming industry with the developer than I did about um the like the game itself. Sure. And it was right across from the Fuser booth. So he pointed to that head and he was like, I met the guy that designed that head in the uh bar last night. And it took him like uh like two hundred work hours to get it put together or like five hundred work. It was a crazy number. And he's like, they have it for four days and then they're tearing it down. And then he was talking about how they are a seven-man team and they built their game with Unreal and they don't like waste any resources or time. Right. And he was like, we, we built our booth out of cardboard. He's like, the money we saved from having a booth, like we, we were able to spend on flying everyone out here. So the whole team is here. And it was just really funny because I was like trying to like talk to him about the game, but it just kept circling back to... He was like, we shouldn't have these conventions. This is an incredible waste of power <laughs> and and energy and resources. Not to mention like the whole like viral contamination potential of packs. And yeah. um and so I, I thought that was really funny. But dangerous driving too was was a lot of fun, very much like a um you know, like a burnout where you're you know, you're taking a race, but when you crash it is this very detailed uh crash happening. Um but yeah, I don't have a lot to say about it outside of that, just because of the the conversation I actually had sure. with the guy. Yeah, I mean, those guys have been dedicated to basically making like a new burnout paradise. Mm-hmm. That's essentially like what they're they're doing yep. with those games. And from what I hear, those games are pretty good. Yeah, and it's coming to Switch, uh, Dangerous Driving Two. So I'm all in for that. Um. Okay, so Friday, I went to the Tiny Build booth, and I played. Uh, two games. Oh gosh, what were their names? Mm-hmm. Because the first one was really um, looked great, and I really wanted to play it, but it was it was buggy, and I didn't really what understand how to play. I'm I'm pulling it up now. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> um, I think it's called Mayhem and Single Valley. Yes, this is it. So if you look up Mayhem and Single Valley, you'll you'll find it. So Tiny Build are the guys that made Hello Neighbor. Oh, okay. Um, Great. Yeah. 
And uh, this was described to me as a Zelda, like a 2D Zelda-like experience. Uh-huh. And it looked fantastic. Oh, uh, before before I go on. So I showed up at their booth and they had like a tent for just press where press appointments were taking place. And I step into it and they're like, you're going to have a complimentary massage while you play the game. Because there were massage tables. Uh, those ones what? that you see at the mall that are like kind of at a 45 degree angle so i was getting a massage whilst i was playing the game like the tv was like on the ground and my face was like looking through the face hole and it was so weird it was it was very strange um and it was kind of hard to focus on the game especially like i said uh it was kind of um having bugs um but it's a beautiful looking game and there doesn't seem to be any way to like attack so i was getting attacked by like squirrels and rabbits and there's no way to attack them back. You have to distract them with like their favorite food. So you can pick up nuts for the squirrels or carrots for the rabbits. And that's how you move through the levels is by distracting huh. these creatures. And then you can also like take the, if you find a trash can, you can take the lid off of the trash can and um, use that to defend yourself. But I didn't get very far into it, and then it crashed. And then I had a bunch of other games uh-huh. to play with them. So I was like, yeah, let's just move on. But it's worth yeah. it's worth looking into because I think the visuals are beautiful and the lighting effects in it were great. Um, and then the next game that I played was called Black Skylands, and this was awesome. This was a uh, um, uh, a top down game where you are in. Uh, think of it kind of like Bioshock Infinite. You're in a, a floating city essentially, and you have a ship like a pirate ship that you use to maneuver through the world. and Like an airship? Yeah, like an airship, yeah. Oh, sick. That you repair, and it has engines on either side of the ship that point at a, like, 45-degree angle out the side of the ship. So you, like, kind of move through the world like you're boosting either side, but you have to kind of keep balancing the ship, and it has momentum. So you have to... Like slowly, I'm trying. There's a game specifically that I'm thinking of that has very similar mechanics, but um, it is kind of that thing of like you're not just driving straight forward, left, right. You you have to kind of have this balance to the momentum. And the guy was like, "It's going to take you a while to pick up the ship controls," but I actually found it found it pretty pretty easy. Um, and then I, the, during the brief demo that I got, um, we landed on this island, and then it is. Very much like a Hotline Miami, top-down shooting, a twin gun, twin yeah, stick shooter twin stick shooter. Thing, yeah, yeah. Um, the art cool. is great. It's got great visuals. Uh, the ship control was fantastic, and um, I wish I had more time to kind of play this one because I, I really, really liked it. Um, and then the last game that I played for Tiny Build was Raw Men. Have you heard of this one? This is the food fight game. Yes, this yeah, is the this food fight cool. game. Yeah, this looked cool. I saw this. <laughs> this looked cool. So this it's was kind of like ramen. It's yes, ramen. yes, it's 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 meant to be like ramen, but raw men. Oh, maybe I'm gonna get ramen after this. Fuck yeah, that <laughs> sounds good. Um, this was by far their biggest thing that they had. This was you know that had the biggest kind of display there, yeah. and uh, I stepped out of my massage booth and walked over to the multiplayer station where they were having this, and it was a lot of fun. So basically, you are playing. Um, Think honestly, it's kind of like Splatoon. Um, you have a giant cauldron that you're carrying around, and then a ladle, 
and you're flinging soup <laughs> to attack enemy players. But as you fling soup, you are losing soup. And you have to scoop soup off of the ground from enemy players to refill your pot as you're moving. It's very cartoony, as you can imagine. Um, and yeah, you, it, yeah, it's like it's like you're playing dodgeball with ramen. Yes, uh, you are obviously trying to avoid getting hit. There right. are points on the map that you are trying to pick up. Um, I didn't realize that you had to like to capture the point. You had to fling soup at it. And that would yeah. change it to like your capture. I didn't realize that until like way late in the demo. Um, and then there's uh, like power ups and boosts all around. And then the other thing you can do is you can throw your cauldron on top of your head so you can block any incoming attacks. But when you do that, you completely deplete your soup. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, I, I really liked it. I thought it was very novel. And one of my favorite things was the um, kind of announcer who was announcing what was happening. Like, this person's capturing this point. Like, the new point has appeared or whatever. Yeah. But the, it was, um, if you watch Rick and Morty, it was very much like when they do those episodes of uh, the TV where it's just like sure. random shit. Because the guy was like laughing and giggling very kind oh, of God. normally as he was yeah. recording the lines and he was like they're so fucking like capturing the point answer. yeah <laughs> yeah i can't really do it right now with my voice as it is but imagine yeah, I like the idea of this is like a overwatch style like kind of team shooter but it's this top-down food fight game now i don't know if there's team i mean there must be like a team version but we played free-for-all which i didn't realize as again until i was like oh we're all competing here against each other I thought, Got it. yeah, I thought it was yeah. like one team versus the other, but we were all competing oh. against each other. Yeah, the um, article I I looked up uh, said that it's um, a team game, mm. but that could be wrong. So just because I obviously want to see images of it, it, it um, may it may it's just a very be that cute style. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The style is great. Um, it didn't run so hot. I felt like sure. Uh, I mean, all these things are so early, right? Uh, yeah. It's uh, it it's obviously an early build, so you can't speak to that, but. There are games that are definitely more polished than others, and this one was 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 not quite there. But I I thought that it was a a, a lot of fun, and we we would definitely you know it would definitely go on our rotation of you know, overcooked and gang beasts as this fun indie game that we play for a few hours every now and again. Um, yeah, and that was my end with Tiny Build on Friday, and then oh yes, here we come, the cream of the crop, baby. I played all of Devolver Digital's games um and uh, uh well actually this isn't devolver digital but they're all repped by the same pr team so i played streets of rage 4 uh don't know how much of a streets of rage fan you are are you into streets of rage uh n not really okay um beat em up games i really liked when i was younger uh -huh. back in the like nes snes days but after that i kind of fell off hard from the beat em up genre but i did play it a lot when i was younger like river city ransom double mm. dragon played street to rage but um i mean the new one looks cool i think people seemed split on like the new art style mm -hmm. but i don't know it seems like they're trying to be faithful to it i'm very much like you well not very much into beat em ups anymore but that was kind of my go-to uh you know back in the day uh the x-men arcade cabinet was my yeah of course go-to classic which this, doesn't mean like mm -hmm. i wouldn't be excited for this at all but it's just like i probably wouldn't end up getting it myself but if given the opportunity to play it i'd probably have fun this game 
was fucking awesome. I loved was it, it so much. Yeah. I wanted to I wanted to just like sit and play it for hours. Um I thought it f- it felt fantastic. Um the response that your character was getting from not only hitting enemies but um attacking them and then doing combos. So this is the first time that Streets of Rage has juggling. It's never had it before. Um so you can juggle enemies in the air. It felt great, and then also doing it with, like, a co-op person, um, you know, so we were just kind of, like, banning enemies back and forth between each other, and I thought the art style was gorgeous. I was like, holy shit, like, this is hitting for me in a, in, in a way that I haven't, like, felt about beat-em-ups in a very long time. Um, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, I don't know if it does anything too revolutionary, um, yeah, a new mechanic that they have is you have this very powerful attack that can like knock multiple enemies out with one hit, but it does deplete your health. So you have to like use it wisely. Like it's almost like a last resort kind of thing. Sure. And then you can pick up weapons and stuff. I don't know if this was something you could do in the old Streets of Rage, but uh, if an enemy drops a weapon, you can pick it up. But I thought it was fucking awesome. Yeah, um, I mean, that's cool. Like, last year, I know River City Girls was a big hit, so obviously mm-hmm. Streets of Rage 4 should be something that is successful as long as they do a good job with it, which it sounds like they did. And uh, we played Windjammers 2, which is the same developer. Hell yeah. Hell oh, yeah. doggy. Now, get me some Windjammers. Does that have <laughs> online? Do you know? Because we could play, I will play some Windjammers. So they currently don't, but they are trying to get it for launch. They're okay. trying to get it for launch. Okay. Um. Yeah. Um, but that, cause that was like my first question. Cause I was like, oh my God, we'd play this all the it's time. Ha- all of those like frame precise things. It's just hard with online, which is why a lot of time you don't get it. You don't get a lot of online with like multiplayer platformers for that same reason. Uh, and fighters are always going to be complained about cause they're just so, they're so tight with the frames. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unfortunate because those are the kind of games that I'd want to play co-op yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah no and and this you know i was playing with so i was playing with the the lead well, you know one of the lead developers and he was just killing me of course and he turned to me and he no was mercy yeah and he was like i'm he's like on top of being uh, work, working on this game i'm like the number one ranked wind jammers player in the world why is he just <laughs> that is... and then and then he was like so i'm probably the best player in the world of wind jammers too but that did make me feel good because there were a couple of rounds I did beat him. Now, granted, it was probably very much luck, but I did yeah. beat him. But basically, this game for anyone that hasn't doesn't know about Windjammers, go look up a video. But it's kind of like violent frisbee, where you're kind of trying to score a goal. It's like frisbee volleyball. Yes, frisbee volleyball. There's nets on the other side, um, and the two nets to the left of the player are yeah. th- worth three points, and the net right behind the player is worth five. Um, this is a dramatic visual overhaul. The the art style between Windjammers 2 and Windjammers 1 is very different, but the core gameplay is there. But you can do new things like knock the Frisbee up into the air and then like jump up, grab it, and throw it down. You have these That's new sick. super moves. Um, you have countering abilities. And um, one of the other cool moves is instead of knocking it up and then jumping up to catch it, jumping up to catch it, um, there was the ability to knock it up into the air, and then stand underneath it and spin as fast as you could the left stick, and your character mm-hmm. would spin. And the faster you did it, and the qu- and the 
more power you built up when the frisbee landed on top of you then you'd throw it at like this incredible you know speed and power but that's sick but that move can also be countered so there were a few times where it was just like zipping back and forth and we were like batting it about and he did end up massacring me for most of the time um but yeah i if if you like windjammers one and i'm I'm a huge fan of windjammers not not from a like back in the day but uh when they re-released it uh last year i think is when it came out um i i dug i dug it quite a bit and yeah i i kind of didn't want to leave the whole i didn't want to leave the the streets of rage windjammers eric because i could have played those games all day you know it um when you were talking about the spin move, I thought you were going to say you evolve a Melcreamy, but it like <laughs> instead you just get a super move. Yes, cool. yeah, just yeah. Uh, there's, there's I was mo- saving that. I didn't want to interrupt before. <laughs> there's, there's just there's multiple uh, different types of of super moves uh, in the yeah. game, and yeah. It, if you like Tron and you like going to the beach, you'll mm-hmm. like Windjammer yep. too. That's a, that's a good. Uh, they should put that on the box. Yeah. <laughs> um, let me see what was next. Oh, and then next came this game called Young Souls, and you should look this up, Chris. Young Souls, Young like Dark Souls. Souls, but young. Yeah. So it's like Baby Dark Souls. It's like Muppet Babies. This might be my favorite game I played all weekend. Um, it's up there, obviously, with the games we just talked about. But it is a RPG. Okay. <laughs> it's an RPG. So there's a human world, and then there's like the underworld. And when you're in the human world, it's an RPG where you're going around and it's, you know, very simple. It's, you know, uh, very indie. Um, like turn-based RPG? No, not turn-based. But like, uh, okay. and like, a, like you're just going around the world and like talking to characters and like building, you oh, know, okay. getting coin. So not like, um, yeah, not like um, you're doing battles because what happens is, is when you go into the underworld, that's when you do battles and then it becomes a dungeon crawler. Oh, so this is like almost like a D game like this is kind of like if they did like a um stranger things kind of thing yeah it's you're you when you're in the town like you're just running around like being a kid and like yeah. you can customize your character and um build relationships wow. with the characters and then you go into the underworld and it becomes this dungeon crawler and it it looks fantastic and it felt amazing to play this game has style i'm looking at yeah. this trailer yeah it, it has it has an awesome style um Whoa. the way the characters move the way the attacks happen Hell and you can yeah. and you can really customize your character so you can build someone who is I, the the battles look kind of like um i you never played casual crashers right uh, i did a bit but it, it looks a little like that, except a bit more advanced. Like it's a little less uh, hectic because it's it's more deliberate. There's less cr- like characters on screen. And also, I I would agree with that. And then on top of that, there is the fact that you can heavily customize your character, so you can have someone sure. who is moves very quickly but doesn't have a lot of uh, armor. And like yeah. then you can have uh, ranged weapons. You can be a spe- You know, you can be a mage and like focus mainly on spells. Sure thing. Um, yeah. And that obviously changes up the gameplay gameplay quite a bit, um, but yeah, that's a game I think that you have to kind of get your hands on to, um, to to really to really appreciate. The animation's wonderful. I mean, they have these great reflections. I'm looking at good particle effects, great lighting, awesome. This looks uh, like a game I am going to be looking forward to. Is this? Do you know what it's, this is coming out on? Um, I think that they are aiming for. Um, uh, Multiplat, 
Yeah, well, no, I maybe, hope so. This well, looks it like says... it, it would play well with, uh, you know, controller. This doesn't look like it should be relegated to just a like mouse and keyboard. The, 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 uh, so I just Googled it. Um, doesn't look like it. It looks like it's only for Windows now, but I, I assume yeah. that they're aiming to go on console. Yeah, there's, no, there's no way this doesn't make it to console unless for some reason it does poorly on PC, but it shouldn't. This this looks like a winner. Yeah, a v, like, VG, VG247 wow. has a headline from last year that says, Young Souls' Persona 5 meets Castle Crashes. And that is, yep. like, the Persona 5 aspect is very true. Like, when you're in the overworld or in, you're in the human world during the day, like you're, it's about maintaining your relationships. It's about like you can have a job, like your social status and all of that like affects your it's, character. That's a little like a fire emblem. You know, you're at the school and you're doing things yep. and then you're in the battle world. Yep. And you're... But it's, uh, mm-hmm. I think, a little bit more accessible and a little bit more yes. streamlined. They said that the game was aiming to be like, 20 hours and if like you want to do everything like it is going to be like a 40 hour thing like there's a lot to do in the game um so i wonder how the skill trees and like unlocks work like can i do i have a file and you can jump in as like a second player or do we both have our characters like can you play mm. like i'm wondering what that kind of thing's going to be whenever they do eventually make a jump to console because that will be like the make or break with how i end up playing this game mm. it looks great this is a game i'm definitely going to play when this comes out yeah I, I i would absolutely say that this was one of one of my favorites uh, of the show yeah um, i see why yeah uh then i got shown a game called the dungeon of nihil biak okay um, how do you how do you spell that uh n-a-h-e-u-l-b-e-u-k now and how did they pronounce it oh god i have no i can't remember because <laughs> uh, so they're French, and apparently oh, okay. this is a very famous thing in France. Like this Got is, uh, you know, what's that? What's that French guy? He's like the Viking. You know what I'm talking French about? Viking? Yeah, yeah, it's like a, it's like a Viking comic. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about at all. Asterix, the adventures of, of the adventures of Asterix. It's 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 a comic, much like a. Uh, a Hobbs and Shaw or something like that. Not Hobbs and Shaw. Calvin and Hobbs, which is very, you know, very American. Um, Asterix and Obelix. Yeah, that's the name of it. Um, So this is kind of like that. This is a very popular property in like France and French speaking countries. And this is the first video game based on that. Um, This was a hands-off demo, but um, it is a turn-based strategy game. Okay. And uh, one thing I just really liked about it, it didn't seem to have too many unique properties other than one of the things was when you move your character, you have to decide which direction they're facing in. Uh, and that limits like what they can do. So you can't just be like standing yeah. next to any uh, space and interact with it. Oh. You have to. Oh, it's not just turn-based. It's turn-based in the way that like XCOM is. Mm-hmm. It's like a grid-based, like this is like a territory thing too. Um. Th- I didn't see anything regarding like maintaining territory in the demo we got. Um, no, but I mean, like, it's about. I mean, you're talking about spacing and direction. Mm-hmm. That's like an XCOM or like a Mario Rabbids kind of yeah, 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 combat where like you're actually moving around. You're not just attacking from one turn to the next. Um, one thing I really tactics game. Oh, it's it, absolutely, and that and that's that that is the thing is like you. There were points where he had moved someone and he thought it was like a really good position, but then like something happened and then he realized like, oh no, like <laughs> this character isn't where they need to be and able to do what I need to do anymore. 
the main takeaway I have from the game is that it looked fucking awesome. The the animations and the movements of all the different yeah. characters and the the personalities of these characters are were really apparent and the way that they kind of even when they're just standing still, right? And they have kind of like these you have an ogre character who's like always like kind of picking his nose and like scratching his like beard or whatever and then you have like this uh dwarf who is always you know, like getting ready for battle. And so the way that the characters moved in their animations were fucking awesome. Um, do you have any questions about the dungeon of Nahalobel? Uh, no, it, you know, visually it looks a little Diablo three esque, but the characters, um, look like a really well-made, um, gosh, I wish I could remember the name of it. I'm so bad with names sometimes. Well, anyway, there was a big, game that it looks like but they look very cartoony the ogres look very shrek uh yeah it's the the ogre is uh you know like a big green big yeah, green shrek kind of character it's very shrek i mean it's very like grim's fairy tale style for the character design um but in sort of a cute way hey, it looks good it uh, looks like a good game uh i think it's coming out worldwide around the same time felicia day is doing mm. one of the english voices i think for the wizard um and and one of the one of the cute things as well talking about the personalities is the apparently they all hate each other like they just don't get along and so they like are always having like banter back and forth and like the the elf and the dwarf like hate each other the most and i asked him about um can you change those relationships as the game progresses and he was like to a degree he's like the elf and the dwarf can like come to like an agreement somewhat but like they like it doesn't make any sense if they become like best friends you know it's not like a legolas gimli situation at the end of return of the king with these guys it's uh totally you know um but they, there was like fun bits of dialogue happening back and forth which was great um the game i got to play after the dungeon of back was full guys which we played at e3 yes i'm very excited for this any word on release summer 2020 Okay. Yep. Uh, so they, yeah, they were very hesitant to go into uh, anything further, rega- you know, regarding, sure, of course regarding not. that. What, what's new? What's new since we, we last saw Fall Guys? So what is new is that they've reduced the play account from 100 to 60. Okay. So they were like, that was a good balance for uh, winning, you know, getting wins and also like still maintaining like this kind of chaotic mayhem. Sure. Um, we have an interview with the with the lead designer um, on on YouTube, so go check that out. Um, so they have that, and then I played the three game modes that we played at E3, and then a new one. And the new one was really interesting because it was basically like a triangular map or a triangular level, and mm. in the very center was a bunch of eggs. And okay. yeah, and uh, we were actually partnered up in teams so it was like a red oh, team okay. a green team and a yellow team or like a blue team red team yellow team whatever sure, sure and you had to go into the middle and grab eggs and move them into your hole uh, like your area at like each tip of the triangle and then there were golden eggs that were worth like five points and those were very few and far between obviously but much like the tail grabbing game you can steal eggs from other people's hands and you can also go to other teams areas to steal the eggs so i realized as we were playing we were getting a lot of eggs 
But if we were going to win, we needed, like, another team to lose eggs. So I stopped, like, pulling them from the middle and just was, like, going to the other team. And, like, one guy, there were two guys that each had a golden egg um, that were trying to drop it off in their space. And I was like, I just need to stop them from dropping the golden egg. And that try, stopping them, preventing them from doing that is more useful to me right now than trying to drop eggs into my spot. Um and so that was an additional an additional game mode we got to play, uh, and that was second to last before the you know king of the mountain running up the mountain um, game mode. They were busy all weekend. They had lines like around. Of course their booth. they do. I mean, this yeah. game looks incredible. It it this this appeals to everyone. Um, and it, they had a lovely booth with a big TV, so like you could see it. You know, you could watch people play the game as uh, as. Uh, as you were waiting in line, or if you just wanted to, you know, stand by and watch. So Fall Guys Summer 2020, that is a game that I think, you know, we're going to spend a lot of time with. And he said they're, they're launching with about 30, 30 different round types. Good. And I, I wouldn't want really much less than that yeah. to start with, to be honest. You need, you need it because there's three a game, right? Um. So, well, we played four in this one. So I'm thinking well, there's three and then there's the it's always the climb at the end, I think, right? The, it's the climb at the end, but uh, right. I mean, when we played it, it was three, including the climb. It was the oh, okay. door one, it was the tail right. grab, and then it was the climb. And then this time I played, it was those three plus the egg one. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's a customizable thing. You know, like okay. you can have it be 10 rounds, you can have it be three, you can sure. have it. And... But assuming you're going to do at least three, you want to play it at least 10 times before you're seeing a duplicate. So yeah. 30 seems like the minimum that you're going to want. And that, that I work... hope that eventually they can get it up to at least like 50. And that work... Yeah, they're working on new ideas. He said we'll probably be releasing stuff after the yeah. launch. He said that one of the biggest... You know, he's like, it's really funny because we have like a soccer mode in the game and they're all from England. But everyone was like asking for like an American foot, you know, everyone at PAX was asking sure. for like an American football thing. And he's like, I think that we are going to like go back and like try and figure out a way to make that work. Um, yeah. It's a little more complicated than soccer is what, you know, he was saying. And yeah. he was like, but I mean, with the game where it's all about bumping into each other, it makes more sense that, right. to have a contact sport. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so, yeah. So, yep. Full guys looking, looking better than ever. It looks sick. Uh, that is, that is a game I really, really want. So, uh, and then awesome. after that, I played Disc Room, which is the game from the Minute Guys, which we did for our Heck yeah. um, Game Pass Game Club. Which I got to say, the art style on that looks very much like something the Alien Hominid guys would make. Like, this looks mm. like a behemoth game, like, visually. Um, I, I, I didn't know if I, like, loved the art style uh, playing it, um, but it, it, it does have... A, a kind of similar similar look to it um yeah it does like hand-drawn style. yeah and it doesn't look like minute at all like you would never no, no. Have, have thought you know this isn't like a sequel in any way this is a completely different thing but basically you you play as a scientist that ends up on this giant disc that's floating in space and each room has these different discs uh that are like uh, razor blades and the guy described it to me as it's like pokemon but instead of got to catch them all it's got to catch them all to the face because the way that you complete the room is by dying, but you have to complete specific things like surviving for 10 seconds or um, collecting discs. So 
get hit sure. get hit by this specific kind of disc. So there was one room where I had to survive until like a golden disc appeared, and that's the one that had to kill me if I wanted to move on from the level. But he said that there's going to be like a, an eight an um, appendix. So like it really is kind of like collecting them in like a a dex of of um of discs and you don't collect them until you die from them. So you there are reasons to like go replay a level to go die from like a different disc. And then there's boosts and stuff like that. So there was a dash that I was able to pick up and like allow allows you to kind of like um phase through the discs if they're coming at you. But you collect the pickups by getting hit by the discs that have that power up. So there was a disc that had that ability, and that's that killing me, like granted me that ability. And then the last thing of note to say is that the difficulty can be changed, but it's all based on speed. So you can ramp up or slow down the game, but it changes the speed of everything. It changes how fast the discs move. It changes how fast your character moves. Um, and so I actually found that bum- there was one room where I felt like the discs were just moving too slowly. And I was unable to accurately predict like their movements because of how slow they were. And so I actually ratcheted up the speed to like 150%. And I actually found that easier. So I didn't think of it as much of a difficulty slider and more of a preference Um but I understand that obviously when you hit like 200% and everything's moving at like super speed, uh, that's yeah. going to be tough. Uh, yeah. That looks like a game I would play, but if it's too long of a game, um, it looks like a game I would get extremely frustrated with. Right. Uh, and, you know, the levels the levels that I was playing were, were pretty easy, but uh, he said like it gets it does get way tougher. So we shall see. Um, so that was my last thing on Friday um jesus yeah yeah uh but saturday and sunday i didn't actually do a lot of appointments so this is going to go much faster um so i played a game called liberated it's an indie game twin stick shooter uh and it looks like a comic book um so you play levels and as you move through the levels it it's moving through different panels of a comic book and it has a very noir look to it. Um, but I felt it was kind of janky, like um, jump it like toward the end of the level I was playing. You needed to like jump and like catch onto ledges and like climb up and make sure you were hitting these jumps. But it was just very imprecise. And the twin stick shooting didn't feel uh, that great either. Um, felt like it was very uh, out of control, like, trying to get a precise hit was was i was struggling struggling with it um i like the style of it but yeah i think i think it needs a it's gonna need a little bit more time in the oven uh oh and then chris i played i went to the indie mega booth and i played this game called there we go i mean a lot of these games that i i talked about earlier like red lantern were in the indie mega booth but this is one that i stopped by and just like dropped in mm-hmm. it's called foregone 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 and it is okay. a side-scrolling hack and slash where, like, humanity, I think, what was the story? Humanity, like, has been invaded by this, like, race of other creatures, and it's, like, destroyed the world. Mm-hmm. It's destroyed the world, 
and they've built humanity in response has built these super soldiers that they call the uh i want to say avatar but that's not it it's like it's something like that um forget i think oh, okay so it's pixel art it's a side-scrolling action platformer yeah it's pixel art it looks dope it, it so, but it, it's not a metroidvania it's more of a it actually looks more just like a castlevania yeah it looks like now, a castlevania there is a whole part to it where you are like exploring and doubling back because there are other paths and uh different like um, oh so then it is a metroidvania but i don't think it is um necessarily like you have to double back and go down a different path to continue sure. the game. I think there's just like a lot of like rooms and other areas that you can like explore. Yeah. But they're not necessarily, uh, you know, necessary to completing uh, the game. But the game felt uh, fantastic. The uh, It looks great visually. I'm looking at this. Like the images are, there's this really cool like uh, feathered dragon with like all this great color. Mm. There's a really cool. Um, it's almost just oh, like a giant eagle. The Arbiter. That's the name of the character. Mm. You're called the Arbiter, and you're like the first of these superhuman soldiers. And uh, yeah, so w- the whole conceit is that you are, you know, uh, either slashing or you do have a gun that you can shoot with, but uh, you're very vulnerable. Like you can, you can, you can die pretty quickly, and uh, so you have to balance like dodging and like. One of the main moves is, like, doing a slide and, like, sliding behind an enemy. So, like, timing your attacks and making, you know, uh, memorizing enemy movements is, like, a huge part of it. So, um, you would get into a new area, you'd get your ass kicked, and then you'd, like, play it a few times, recognize the different enemy types and the way that they move. And then the next time you played it, you would just, like, go through and, like, tear them up by, you know, running in, slashing them they're about to like counter you slide down you turn around you shoot um that combined with the look of the art and like the sound and audio this is a this is a really cool fucking indie game that's coming out yeah it looks super dope i mean i love dead cells so this definitely i'm gonna have to keep an eye on um and then and then i play two games from tripwire entertainment the first one being Manita. this is the shark game yes Okay, tell yeah. me about this. So this game is fucking awesome. So uh, we played like the opening uh, tutorial level. So you play as a shark. We have video of this too if people want to check it out. Yeah, right? we have a, a stream that I did with uh, my friend uh, Allo, um that we did live on the PAX floor, which was really cool. And uh, so they can go check that out on the YouTube. But you play as a shark and um, you are, you know, uh, attacking creatures not only underwater creatures but humans on both boats and on the land because you can kind of jump up onto the beach and like flop around and like grab a human or whatever um and the uh when so we were playing keyboard and mouse so when you go to attack a creature you press the left trigger to like chomp it but then you like shake the mouse back and forth to thrash and then you can also do this thing called whip shot which is where you catch a creature in the mouth and then you hold the right um the right key on the on the mouse and then you kind of like sp- not spin but like move the um mouse so it's almost almost turning and then you let go of the holding the the creature and the the shark just like spins in place lets go of the creature and then shoots it off into the fucking distance with its tail that's amazing <laughs> yeah um it's it, that that's a really fun mechanic and so in the opening tutorial, you're 
you know, eating uh, other creatures. You're attacking humans. Uh, uh, hunters come and uh, try and attack you as well. And you can do things like knifing, which is, you know, when a, a shark goes up and its fin is there, and you can use that to, like, ram boats. You can smash things with your tail. Um, you can do, uh, like, spin chomps and stuff like that. There was a lot of different moves. And then once the tutorial was over, um, so the, the opening of the game, you play as, like, a fully grown um, bull shark. And they chose the bullshit. Yeah, I was going to ask, are there different kinds of sharks? You're not playing as different kinds of sharks. Oh, that's um, unfortunate. At least as far as I'm aware. Uh, but there, you, there are other sharks featured in the game. Sure. And the reason that you play as a bull shark specifically is because it's one of the few sharks that can live in both sea and freshwater. Um, uh, so that's why I'm seeing like images of like the bayou. Right. So when you the after the tutorial, the shark you play as dies, and then you play as its child. Um, what? Yeah. And so that's how the game progresses. So you actually start as it was funny because we were doing the stream, and I think Voldafart called out in the chat while we were streaming. He was like, "I want to see baby shark," and we were like, "Ah, oh, good joke." And then like ten minutes later, we are playing as a baby shark. Uh, so that mm -hmm. was pretty funny. And so a few of the abilities that you had at the beginning in the tutorial, like, are gone. But as you progress through the game, and it's an open world, like, you can move from, like, the bayou to the sea to, like, the riverlands and stuff like this. And you find areas and new locations to um, claim and new territories to claim. But with new territories, there are other deadly creatures and predators that are guarding them. And so the end of my demo, we were facing off against an alligator. And depending on what creature it is, depends on how they counter. So there was this uh, like like very aggressive fish. I forget what it was called. It was called like a mangalese or something. But that is, okay. a, that is a, a fish that it like, as it's preparing for attack, it is when it's at its weakest. So, you ha so to get like massive damage, you have to attack it before it attacks whereas the alligator say you have to flip it over and hit its belly <laughs> well i mean you, you can you can do things like that oh god that's such an old reference that now like that's a that's like a 2006 reference what is that reference from that's the playstation 3 reveal event where it's like and flip the enemy crab oh over the crab yeah for massive damage yeah, <laughs> yeah it's kind of kind of like that but it's uh not a crab um and then yeah with the alligator it was um um it, it's it's most vulnerable after it tries to attack you so like you want to attack yeah. it after so there was a lot of mechanics and like hidden areas to explore and like it's, items it to pick looks ups. like a good game like this looks like a real game because i mean conceptually if you just tell someone they might believe that this is just like a goat simulator which mm -hmm. maybe that was how it started but it looks like a real full-fledged game no this like, is designed to be into it this they they were talking about how they were like this is just like any other open world game except you're playing yeah. as a shark no it's awesome this looks great this was this would also 100 percent be on the top of my list for games to be looking forward to so far um yeah it's definitely one of one of the best that i that i played um and then uh we played chivalry 2 which is a medieval game where it's uh you know kind of like call of duty like you're in teams and like you have to storm the castle it's first person you can go into third person if you want but uh you know you're playing as a knight you're playing as a vanguard with a broadsword you're playing as an archer and 
you are the mode we were playing is we had to like run into a castle destroy its banners and then destroy its trebuchets and i actually had a lot of fun with it because it's very deliberate in its movement like if you want to if you're playing as a knight with that broadsword like you have to mm. be very precise about blocking and like taking the time to to swing the sword and then you have like a dash attack with him where you grab like the bladed part and then like swing it down and hit like with the hilt to like knock someone out and i was like that's a bit ridiculous but the guy was like no apparently like that's sometimes how they fought with their swords as they would use like the blunt side to like fucking knock people out um so that was that was uh that was a really fun game. I honestly could have... I played two rounds, and then I almost played a third, but then, like, the next press appointment showed up, and I could have just sat there for hours playing it because it just felt like getting a kill was so satisfying. Uh, and then, like, playing as, like, the archer, which is really difficult, and getting a precise shot, like, that felt really good, or, like, killing someone with a uh, throwing axe. That was dope as well. Um, kind of, like... Mort, Mort Howe, I think, is that popular PC game. Um, and this is obviously a sequel to the first Chivalry, which I've never played. Um, but, uh, yeah, really liked that one. Yeah. Um, and that's P- that's going to be PC only for now. Uh, the of fir- course. The f- yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. The, f- the first Chivalry did come to console, and they said, like, this will eventually come to console. But, yeah, it's, it is uh, PC only. So that was technically the last game I played at the show that day. Oh, and then I played, uh, sorry, actually, I played Outriders. This is a Square Enix game. I got about, like, two hours with it. It was, like, in a meeting room. This is essentially the di- the division with superpowers. So the, okay. the game, <laughs> it, I actually had a lot of fun with it, and I thought the story was really cool. Um, it also is kind of like the anthem you always wanted. So it's about humanity being on another planet. Mm. Okay. Yeah, humanity goes to another planet because Earth has been ruined. They Sounds sh- like Destiny. Uh, well, I mean, Destiny is like Anthem with superpowers, Division with superpowers on other planets. So it's just this uh, particular, you know, this specific one planet, and it is like an an open world. Um, uh-huh. it, but the the conceit of the game is that you go to this planet, and there's like a, an anomaly. There's like weird shit and storms happening. And you get put into cryo-freeze, and then you wake up 200 years later, and you're kind of, like, in where the, you know, like, where what's happening on this planet, and there's this civil war raging, and some people have superpowers, and some people don't, and you have superpowers. And the powers were really cool. I played as this character called the Trickster, and my three powers were I had an energy blade that kind of, like, was you know I threw my arm out and then my whole arm became this energy blade to cut through enemies, and it had this like skeleton energy effect where like you know you know in like a slapstick movie where someone gets electrocuted and you can see their skeleton it was kind of that similar effect yeah um, but one of the cool things is is that it weakened them so you could pull out your gun and start shooting them and they would take massive damage on top of that uh, and then there was it's always about massive damage. Oh yeah, the DPS damage per damage per second. That's all. That's what all these games are about. There was a slow mo dome that you could throw up. So if you stepped, if the, if an enemy stepped into it, they would be in slow motion. Or if they were shooting in it, their bullets moved slowly through. And then my final attack was a phasing ability, where it was kind of like the energy sword, where you would 
make them vulnerable, but you phased through them and you were immediately behind them after the phase, so you could attack them from behind. And one of my favorite things about the demo was the way that each of the abilities worked in tandem. Um, it was a way that not even in Destiny, where you know you can play as different classes and use different attacks, this was very much team focused, where the attacks are meant to work together. Um, we will have gameplay, like an hour long piece of gameplay, up by the time this goes out, so you can go check it out for yourself. Um, so that was the, officially that was officially the last game I played at PAX East on the Saturday. But Chris, I have to tell you about a game I played at the Indie Mega Booth after party. So we were at this after party, mm -hmm. and I see a silent disco happening, like at the party, oh and I was like, yeah, "What?" Okay. I was like, "What is this?" And I go over, and the guy was like, "Here, let me go on your phone." And he went and downloaded like a beta game. I think it's called. Let me see. I think it's called Silent. Let's see. Secret, Secret Shuffle. That's the name of the game. So he went to like a website, downloaded it, and like installed it from this website and stuff. And it's very much in like early development. But imagine Jackbox, but it's a silent disco. So we had, all, yeah. we all had our phones. We all had headphones on. And one of the rounds is faking it, basically. And there's 10 of you. Nine of you are listening to the same song. One of you is listening to nothing. And you're dancing for like 30 seconds. And then after the 30 seconds is done, you have to figure out who was faking dancing. And then there was like another game mode where it was pairs and it was you and one other person was listening to the same song. And there were other pairs listening to different songs. And you had to make sure that you were, you would like go, you would be dancing and you'd see someone, you'd be like, are they dancing the same song I'm dancing to? And you'd kind of move over to them and then you'd realize, nope, they're not. And then you'd like move over to someone else. And then by the time the time was up, you had to, it would tell you if you were matching partners. And so there's a bunch of game modes all based on this. And it was so much fucking fun. We, That's awesome. Yeah, we had an absolute blast. It's in super early, super early development. The guy... Yeah, that's why I wasn't on the show floor. Yeah, he was like... Uh, <laughs> well, he was also like hesitant. He was like, nerds. He's like, they're very introverted. Uh, I don't know how well it would do on the show floor. And I was like, it would kill. Like, it would do very well if, if you saw like that happening. You know, it's a big spectacle. And events like these, like big spectacles draw like big crowds. Like, that's why the Fuser booth was always busy. That's why the Fall Guys was, booth was always busy. Um, so I don't know if he even has a website for it, but it's called Secret Shuffle. I implore you to go look into it because it is a, if you have, if you're at like a, a party or something like that, it is, it is a great game to, to play. Um, sure. And I really hope that it succeeds and comes out and it, and it takes off like it should. Yeah. All right, just a handful more games here. Uh, so we played Dangerous Driving 2, which I talked about. So actually, I really only have two more games to talk about. Great. And then you'll talk more in depth on Thursday. Yeah, on specifics. Um, or a couple games, yeah. Like basically going through my best ofs. Like this is what Heck I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I wish I could have made it to this, but. Yeah, you, it, yeah well, you, you might be really grateful that you're not sick as a dog. Yeah, it sounds like everyone <laughs> got very sick. So. Um, so um, I went to the Brace Yourselves Games booth. Brace Yourself Games made uh, uh, Cadence of Hyrule and um, Crypt, of the, uh, Crypt of the Necrodancer. Yeah, which Cadence of Hyrule is, I mean, you can get it separately, but it is a essentially just a tack on. It's so a skin. It's a reskin. It's, it's, it's not a new game. Yeah. Gotcha. 
Well, I mean, it's not a reskin. Like, it is a game, but it is, it's Crypt of the Necrodancer as Zelda. But is it is it the same levels, just with Zelda music? No, and... no, no, okay. no, it's not. It's new levels. Okay, but cool. it's, it's as if, like, they made an expansion to Crypt of the mm-hmm. Necrodancer, and it's all Zelda. Dope. Yeah. Um, so I played... Both games are great. So both of these games are very different from Crypt of the Necrodancer. Okay. And I played, let's see, just need to bring this up. Uh, so the first one I played was Phantom Big, Big, uh, Phantom Brigade, and this was a really interesting turn-based strategy. You're in giant mechs, but it's all about like um, your your mech has the ability to see slightly into the future, so okay. you can see you have like a timeline. When a round begins, you have a timeline along the bottom of the screen. Mm-hmm. And you can scrub along the timeline and it will show you where enemies will end up and where and like who they're attacking when they're attacking in the timeline. This is like Into the Breach because Into the Breach will tell you, but it sounds like you're on a timer. It's Into the Breach. Um, it's turn based. You know exactly where the enemies are going to go and what they're going to do like on their turns, essentially. So it it's like that, but taken to a next level because like as you scrub through, you see like you know basically like energy shadows or whatever of that character of that enemy moving through the space and so as you scrub like you you see it happening in real time right Um, that's what i'm saying it's a real-time version mm -hmm. of that instead of a turn-based yep because this is like a full three yeah i'm looking at it right now this is like if you took that concept of into the breach and then like gave it a triple a thing like okay what if you could do that in real time that's a sick idea yeah it's um all over there yeah dude it was it was really cool unfortunately again this is just coming to pc mid 2020 so far but um the ui of it and like selecting things so the whole thing is like you go into the timeline and you decide like all right i'm gonna move here and i'm gonna move during this part of the timeline and then i'm gonna attack with this weapon and i'm gonna attack right here so you strategically choose not only what you're doing but when you're doing it in the turn and um there are things like uh you know damage that you can sustain by crashing into things so as you're moving characters you have to be aware of all right are they going to cross paths and if they cross paths like they're going to do they're going to do damage also on top of that there is a um uh the damage you're dealing and being dealt is measured in different parts so um for example there are tanks in the game and you can focus fire on the treads of the tanks and if you destroy a tread, then those tanks are no longer going to follow the path that it looked like they would. Instead, they're going to like veer in the direction that the tread was destroyed. And so it's about like kind of strategically targeting different parts of enemies, uh, especially because if you fully destroy an enemy, you can't salvage like any scrap from them. And like salvaging scrap to build more stuff and like build better robots is like a whole part of the game. But I thought the UI and the way they implemented the real-time um, kind of strategy nature of it was really cool. Uh, Def- Phantom, Brigade, uh, Phantom Brigade, go check it out. Um, and then the last game that I played was uh, Industries of Titan, which is a uh, kind of like a Sim City, but for the moon of Titan, which is a moon of Saturn. And um, basically, it is a dystopian capitalist future in which you've arrived on the planet titan as a corporation but there are other warring corporations and the the aim of the game is to expand across the entire moon and you have to build 
habitation pods, you have to mine resources. Um, nothing particularly unique, I feel, about the game, but the art style was was uh, pretty cool. And I didn't play anything unique, but when he was describing how you know, you've eventually like unlock like the whole moon and you lose territory as you're playing. So it is this uh, very much back and forth uh, that is occurring as you play through the game. Um, but then the main thing I had going for it with was its was its art style and also its like humor of like building office spaces where you make credits by having people just watch ads twenty four seven. It was kind of a, a Black Mirror esque <laughs> kind of thing. Um, and that, for the most part, is everything that I played uh, at PAX. You got any questions about anything specifically? Obviously, we'll go into some of the cream of the crop games on the on the main episode. Yeah, that sounds great. This was incredible. Thank you for this uh, big download yeah. of PAX East information, especially while you're feeling sad. Oh my I'm God. sure everyone appreciates hearing about <laughs> it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad I got to go. And despite the fact that I'm feeling a little unwell, it was a fantastic time. Um, go to our YouTube. Uh, we have like probably like ten or twelve gameplay videos and interviews uh, on there. And yeah, uh, I'll see. We'll be speaking more about it on the main. Go check out two hundred nine. Heck, two hundred nine. This is, is that what it is this week? Two hundred nine. I'm pretty sure it is. Not two hundred eight. Two hundred nine. It could be. I have no idea. I think it's two hundred nine. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, it is. Dope. It'll be two hundred nine. Uh, okay. Thank you everyone for listening. And until next time. Stay unranked. Pax Plague can suck it. <laughs>